The It's a Look podcast is brought to you in partnership with 1528 Webster. 1528 is a space where young companies, freelancers, and artists can grow their ideas, connect, find support, and mentorship. Learn more and apply for an individual or company membership online at www.1528webster.com. For you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tonight I'm gonna dance for you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And I just wanna put my body on your body and watch me. Tonight I'm going down. Ow. Bueno, let's get it started. Because Lord knows, well, you gotta be out here by 7 o'clock. Gotta drop Sammy off, pick something up, drop you off. Let's get it. You're listening to your two favorite hosts, Frida and Jenna. Do us a couple favors while you're listening to this episode. If you want the first look at all of our new content, join our mailing list. Visit www.itsalookwith.us and drop your email in the newsletter section. Follow us on Instagram. Actually, go ahead and just do it right now. Pull out your phone, go to the Instagram app, and search for itsalookwith.us. Hit that follow button. We promise you're going to enjoy this episode and the ones to come. So be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or the It's a Look website in the About Us section. Lastly, we host live events. Consider this your invitation to the next one. Hugs on site, FMJ. Every time I think about this story, it makes me smile on the outside and on the inside and on the underneath side. I wouldn't even say I lost my virginity. I would say, like, I made love for the first time because that's what I call it, making love. I was 17. I was 17 years old. And at the time, I had been dating my high school sweetheart. We dated from freshman year all throughout high school. And... He was a year older than me. He had graduated and left for school, but he had come back for the summertime to be with the girl, be with the kid. And I knew I was ready to have sex because I loved him and because he was my best friend. And I trusted him with my body. And I knew I needed to have sex because I was going to college the next year. And I knew that I didn't want to be a virgin in college, (laughs) just in case we wanted to throw it back in the dorms and we wanted to be prepared. You know, it's like summer school reading and or sexual preparation before before college began. And yeah, I'm I'm a planner. So I so I knew I wanted to make it special. And uh, obviously, when in high school, the first thing you have to do is figure out how you're going to make the time to have sex. Because when you're in high school, your time doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the people who are keeping an eye on you. And I remember I told my mom, I told my mom I was going to Six Flags Discovery Kingdom. Um, She thought I was going to ride roller coasters. I was going to ride something else. Oh, no. (laughs) Who said it? Sorry, Mom. But yeah, I I told my mom I was going with some friends to Six Flags. I pulled up to my boyfriend's house. 
I had went to Forever 21 and got some little sexy black underwears, <laughs> little sexy thong. You know, I had done the work to shave my lady parts. You know, you got to put your leg up on the toilet seat. You got to get the underneath part. Looking at the mirror on the other side, like, where is it? I can't see. <laughs> where is that? I put my cute little underwear, um, my Forever 21 jeans on top. You know, it's all Forever 21 look. And, uh, I mean, it was it was an incredible experience. Once again, we were in love. And and I I remember immediately after doing it, I wanted more. <laughs> I was like, oh, I I enjoy doing this. This is fun. I think what made it fun is because, like I said, we were in love. And so it was just like a, it was a physical manifestation of the way that we felt about each other. And also I knew the moment I did it that I was a professional. Okay. I was, I'm talented. I'm talented at it. Why? Because the first thing he said afterward was, are you sure you haven't done this before? And I said, you know, in my past life, I was probably the queen of sex, okay? And now that energy still lives deep inside of me. He said, I was just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just inappropriate. But yeah, that's how I lost my virginity. 17 years old in the game. And we've been out here for the last nine years. Making the love. Getting it in. Right? The way that we understand sex is all related to how we learned about it in the first place. So how did you learn about sex for the first time? You know, I grew up a Christian girl. I grew up in the church. I also (laughs) had a mother who created a perfect little bubble to to, uh, incubate her mini in. So for me, how I learned about sex was definitely through trial and error. I say this. This is the reason why. So, backstory on me. I uh, I started school at four years old instead of five. So, that being said, I was always a year ahead, and I was always the youngest in my class. So, think back to when you were in middle school. I'm sure you probably had sex ed classes. And they sent home a form with your parents for your parent to sign to opt you in for sex ed classes. My mama sent that paper with me back to the school that opted me out of sex ed classes, okay? I did not, I did not learn about sex in middle school. I did not learn about sex in high school unless I was, like, trying to cop a feel behind the lockers or something. So I learned about sex through lots of trial and lots of experimentation, post high school into college. What about you? How did you learn about sex? Miss, I'm a goddess. I know how to do it. My parents sent me back with the form signed. I was the first in line for class that day. I said, let's talk about it. What are we talking about? What is there to learn? I'm excited. So for one, I went to an all-girls middle school here in Oakland, an all-girls middle school. And... The main thing I remember learning in this class was that they wanted us to understand that the condom will always fit. And I guess at the time there was this misconception or young boys were telling girls, oh, it's not going to fit. 
And so they're like, nah, nah, we're not going to let anybody put game on you. The condom will always fit. So what they did is they brought in all these different fruits and vegetables, right? So we had, like, bananas and eggplants and, like, corn or whatever. And the vegetable that I decided I wanted to use to practice putting the condom on happened to be a butternut squash. Now, if you haven't seen a butternut squash, the butternut squash is gorging. It is large. <laughs> Thick. I saw that butternut squash. I said, you give me that butternut squash. I'll make this condom fit. Now, of course, I was the class clown, so I had no intention of doing this right. I had every intention of making the entire class laugh, so I kept dropping the butternut squash on the ground. I kept trying to put the condom on. It was slipping off my hands. It was slipping off the butternut squash. Everybody's cracking up the class. And, you know, I feel like the last thing I told everybody was, if you get a butternut squash in the bedroom, you better not stay. You better go. And I, I feel like since then, sex has always been something that <laughs> I I find is comedic. And, like, it's not as taboo or itchy to talk about. I'm like, we're going to talk about this. Come on, what you talking? You got a butternut squash underneath there? You got an eggplant? What, what we got? Tell me what you got. What's in the fruit basket? Oh, I am seeing so clearly that you and I are on the opposite ends of this thing. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. My ass, it was so taboo. I still am embarrassed. I still get embarrassed. I still literally want to curl up in a small ball and uh, not look at you and not talk to you about the shit. So... Uh, we're working on that, you know. We're growing and glowing as we find out what's in the basket. Mm-hmm. I got a coupon for whatever's in that basket, you know what I'm saying? Bitch. <laughs> what's in there? What's in there? Discount for you today only. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh, this, conversation, this conversation has begun and it's not going to stop. Uh, for anyone who's thinking to themselves, what in the Jenna Frida? Now, shit. Now, what y'all doing talking about the sex? First of all, we are grown. And second of all, the reason that we're talking about this is because of the way that you all reacted to our most recent episode, Volume 18, A Look Into Dating. Spill the tea. Tell them the stats. Currently, Volume 18, A Look Into Dating, is the most downloaded podcast episode of the It's a Look podcast, okay? And, uh, I mean, let's just keep it real. Y'all listened to the episode. You heard that we were single. You heard we were ready to mingle. And then motherfuckers started getting in line, wanted to take a ticket. I said, serving, serving customer number 16. Serving customer number 16. You can take me to Chick-fil-A. We can go. Let's do it. And so now, a look into dating has turned into look into many dates, and it has turned into a look into having new sexual partners in my parlay. In the rotation. Rotation. Like a goddamn carousel, okay? Send that shit. We're riding around. (laughs) We're riding around in these sheets. (laughs) We're having a good time. Riding around in these sheets. <laughs> Not in these streets. <laughs> in these sheets. In these sheets, boy. And getting it. And so we figured, because we tell you all of our personal motherfucking business, we would keep you updated on not only that we're having sex, but how we're doing it in a way that is respectful of ourselves, respectful of our partners, and is also something that we can be proud of to share. 
and, of course, to joke about. So you were inspired to have this conversation after Volume 18, A Look Into Dating. So currently, you've been getting the peen. You've been having the sex. Making the love, yes. I see. On the regular. Because I remember during season one of It's a Look, it was on the weekend, uh uh-huh. And now, what are we at? All right, so listen... Let's just keep it 100% here, okay? Until recently, I was on a stint of celibacy. And I'm now finally very fortunate to be seeing someone that I actually like. And so now we are enjoying each other's company in an intimate way in the bedroom. What I like to call making the love. Love making. Indeed. After one and a half years of not having... The sex. Free Free, the goddess. The sexual goddess that I am is now back on Mount Olympus. Go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, go Sunday, every day. Am I having sex every day? No. If I could have sex every day with this person, I would, but, you know, niggas gotta work. (laughs) I see. Okay. So for me, myself, and I, Mm. have I been having the sex... I've been having the sex. New addition to the sex. After three years of having sex that did not lead or end in penetrative sex, I am now reintroducing what I like to call the peen, formerly known as a penis, into my life. Three years uh, the person that I'm seeing, what they like to call what's happening here is uh, exposure therapy. I am in a current stint of exposure therapy. What is that, might you ask? It is a slow revealing, a slow introduction, a course, if you will, with many chapters on how to, what to, when to. Do the thing with the thing. That is what my exposure therapy has included. So I haven't been rushed back in, okay? I'm not getting like, I'm not getting jammed up. I'm not getting (laughs) thrashed around, but I'm getting something. Which has been interesting because the reason why this happened is I hadn't been seeing anyone. And I told y'all on a look into dating, nobody's been talking to me. Nobody's been hollering. So I went to my best friend's wedding. It was a Howard wedding. I was like, yo, everybody here about to be fly. Fly, fly. I'm going to find me a fish this weekend. I know it. I'm going to find one. I'm hooking a fish. Two finger hooked in. Bring it back to the mouth. I'm eating. Okay? And show enough. What did we do? Left that weekend with a fish. That was a month ago. Damn near to date. It's been a month. And it's been good. So you've heard us say a couple of things. Making love, peen, butternut squashes. Um, This is all language. This is all the language we use to talk about sex. In our opinion, language is the most important way to do things well. If you have the language to do something and you have the language to express yourself, you have the language to communicate with your partner, you're probably going to have a better time. So Jenna, 
you use very different languages than myself. So if you could please explain to people, what language do you use around sex and what are the translations for your words? Okay. Starting with the vagina, the V, the box, the cat, a coochie, a flower. Those are the words I use to encompass what is the vagina. Now to our male counterpart, the penis, a peen or a member. It's definitely a member. Sometimes a third leg. <laughs> Yo, a third leg, bruh. I'm just like them, them butternut squashes. You gotta, you gotta be careful with them. My butternut eyes squashes. are fucking wide. Ooh. How? How? What? Good for you. <laughs> Bravo, sir. Bravo. <laughs> what was that you had there, sir? Hmm. All right. They'll come in serving of one or two. <laughs> because I'm full. <laughs> I'm eating for the day. <laughs> I'm actually uh, watching my lady figure at the moment. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, whew, that's for my, my vocabulary. What vocabulary do you use? When it comes to the sex. All right. Um, one, I don't call it sex. I call it lovemaking or making love. Now, why do I call it that? Because I'm a cancer with the Leo moon. If you're touching on me, you're loving on me. I'm touching on you. I'm loving on you. Okay? You're not effing me. You're not screwing me. You're not busting it wide open. Good day, sir. Thank you. But we can make love. You can make love to me, yes. If you're wondering about the body parts, um, the uh, gluteus maximus, okay, the backside of the body part, lower backside, I call it the booty, okay? Sometimes peaches, okay? You want some of these peaches, baby? Huh? You feeling on my booty, baby? Understandable. It's nice and soft. I exfoliate it. Thank you. Okay? Breasts. My breasts are not to be called titties. <laughs> titties. I don't know anyone named titties. <laughs> but I do know breasts. Thank you. For the penis, I like to use the D word. It rhymes with Rick. You're familiar. If you're not, replace the R with a D. <laughs> Now, arguably for one of the most important parts of my body, the vagina. What do I call it? The sugar bowl. You want some sugar, baby? Hmm? Your coffee a little bland? You want some sugar? I'll give you some sugar. Two, two teaspoons or three? Please tell me. Happy to oblige. And uh, for what is arguably the most important part of sex or making love... The climax, okay? The climax, when both parties, ideally both parties, ideally me first, 
conclude their sex with an immaculate physical expression of love, the climax. We are not coming because where are we going? You're not going nowhere. You're going to stay right here. We've just climaxed together. Time to go night night. Thank you. I'll use your language. Are you climaxing while the penis is inside? I'm climaxing. That is an incredibly... I feel like all of the listeners just now are like, is she about to answer this question? And did she just ask her this? Yes. This is why you listen to this podcast. The answer is, uh, you know, no. Not all the time. Because my body reacts differently to different movement, movements or motions. Um, and also, you know, you need a certain amount of time to climax. But, you know, ideally, one would, I would prefer to climax internally, externally as well. You feel what I'm putting down? I didn't get the internal, external. What is that? Internal is when a member, I'll use your language, <laughs> a member is inside of you. I see. But external is uh, um, it's just any kind of external stimulation to the sugar bowl. Great way to frame that. Anytime, I love that. Anytime someone is rubbing on the spoon, you know what I'm talking about? I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not when they're in the bowl, but when they're just, <laughs> <laughs> they take their finger, they're just on the rim of the cup. You know what I'm saying? See, this is why my language works, because then you can say what you want to say, but you don't have to get graphic. You don't have to say it, You don't really. have to say it. You feel but me? But we got the picture. Hello? Sugar bowl. Y'all about to be drinking TV like, oh, Lord. <laughs> Frida said sugar bowl. <laughs> I'm crying. Okay. So my next question for you mm. is, what is your process to getting to the lovemaking? Are you honest? And if you're honest, how much honesty is necessary to sustain your sexual relationship? Starting off with lovemaking, I like to let my partner know that I'm there to make them feel good. And I want them to be here to make me feel good. And I want to let them know that we're having fun. Like, this is an opportunity to play and have fun and be adventurous, and that I want them to be their most honest self. You know? If you have to fart during sex, fart. Because I'm going to queef. Big lady farts coming out of this one over here. Okay? And I think it's just like, it's nice to to play and laugh and, um, yeah, just like be really vulnerable because we're naked. We're naked with each other, and that makes me, it gets me all tingly inside just thinking about it, you know? And uh, I want to let them know they can they can touch me, and they, they have the opportunity to really explore my body and, and uh, you know, asking them as well what parts of their body they maybe they want me to explore that they don't want me to explore. But I'm very open and honest. Um, I try to be with sex just because I hate having regrets like oh like I should have said this or oh I could have done this better or what have you I think it's just important to have an open channel of communication for such a very vulnerable situation what about you I couldn't agree with you more mm. I um I was reading my sex zodiac on yoursexzodiac.com and this is a quote from my reading it says about Pisces <clears throat> You sense everything on a cosmic level, 
So for you, sex is not just sex. It's a completely other world, a mix of the physical and metaphysical, and it's something that must be explored with much sensitivity and self-awareness. I pulled that quote because, as you said, that we're naked and it's fun. I'm like, I'm naked and you see all of me. And now you're inside of me. I'm the only human. I'm the only spirit inside this frame. So for me, it is a big deal. Like if so, this rapping on the mic, this is chilled. But like if you're in the room with me and I don't have any clothes on and I now you can see any range of my emotion, I feel like that is the most vulnerable point to see me at. And that talking about sex even though I am a big advocate for the honesty part, has always made me incredibly embarrassed. Incredibly stomach-curdling, queasy embarrassed. Mm. Now, I've turned a new leaf. I do find that you've got to be honest through and through. Um, And so in understanding that I've got to be honest through and through, my process with sex has... uh, Largely started with vocalizing my misconceptions around penetrative sex Mm. and vocalizing uh, the things that I ways that I think men treat women, the ways that I've been treated before um, and the ways I would like to be treated. I think I've also I think an important part of having sex with anybody is like vocalizing your goal of that sexual encounter. So this may sound weird, but it may actually not be your goal to climax. It may not be your goal in this instance to climax. It may be your goal to please the other person and uh, vocalizing that and then vocalizing how you climax, right? So for me, as this new introduction to the penis, like I haven't really been climaxing from the penis. Mm. I, I climax bases one through three. I'm good. Right. So being able to say that out loud so that if someone is going to interact with me, they know what to do to get me there. Um, That's been incredibly important to my process. Yeah. And then I think, you know, the other thing that's been incredibly important to me is consent and really, really having consensual conversations with my male partners. I think it's really, really incredible that like on social media and in the news and everywhere we see people advocating for consent. Um, but then when you're in the room with someone, nobody brings consent up. Mm. Like it was just like kissing and clothes start flying. And then like, it's like, okay. So for me, I'm like, I always try and stop the moment. And I'm like, listen, it seems like we physically consented to what's about to happen, but I just would like your verbal consent before this happens. And I found that that, uh, that shocks men, their jaw drops and they get quiet for a minute and they're like, uh, yeah, uh, what about you? Do I have your consent? And I'm like, well, I'm glad you asked. It's funny you asked. It's great that you asked. <laughs> Since now you want to know, right? Um, but I myself have been trying to take the torch and lead with the question and not expect that men are going to ask me, but rather asking them so I can create the space also for myself um, to say yes if I want to or no if I don't want to and plant the seed in a man that, they can ask this question moving forward. So now consent has become hella sexy. Mm. And that is how I've been getting towards more honest dialogue with sexual partners. I love that. I like that you set up the opportunity for conversation in the beginning, where I find that I generally set up conversation at the end. 
I like to ask for feedback and recommendations. I like to give feedback and also get recommendations on my performance. That makes sense. Uh, because I think it's also important, you know, especially if you have a reoccurring partner to understand what did you like about what we just did? What were your favorite things? Right. So you can get you can get people excited about the next time. Um, I think it's one important if you're going to also give feedback to a partner, first ask them first for your feedback first. Right. Because to me, it shows that I want to do better the next time I'm with you. So please let me know how I can be better. And then you can let them know. And by the way, here are the ways that I think that you could improve on my my body. Um, I think the best partners are, should really be excited about that. They're like, oh, great, cool. Um, I also think uh, women, at, at least for me, I, I'm noticing in my relationship that my male partner really enjoys that I have preferences as opposed to being like, oh, yeah, like, that's fine. That's good. It's like, no, it's like to the left. Take it back now, y'all. One time this time. Two times that time, you know, like giving people the direction to succeed because he wants to succeed. He wants to do well. And I think anyone who is making love to you would ideally want to be doing the best that they can. But again, you have to let them know you can't give people tests and not give them the syllabus. I think for me, it's like having the courage to communicate through the entire process. So, like, I can communicate at the beginning, like, okay, we have, we're we going to have sex, like, what's the goals, et cetera. But then, like, if something happens with my body, I don't want to talk about it. Like, like when your knee goes out and you got to be like, wait, my knee hurts. Right. Ah. One moment, please, and we can find a new position. <laughs> I'm getting a Charlie horse. The condom is dry. Ah, that's a good one. It hurts. That's an important one. I'm on my cycle. Mm. Let's put a towel down. <laughs> Let's wait a week. Run it back. So, like, being able to say those things, mm. I'm like, I don't want to tell anybody I'm on my period. It's my information. Mm. So, those are the things I'm trying to work through. Like, being able to communicate through the entire process. Mm-hmm. Because in my mind, I'm like, I really, I I love my birds. I call my girlfriends my birds. Uh, I love my birds. Uh, but I shouldn't be calling one of my birds to tell them what's going on with me. Like, ideally, I would be telling the person who was a part of the interaction where it happened. And that's what I'm trying to frame this as. Like, yo, I got to talk to this man. I got to tell this man because that's the only way I'm going to get closure. If I can just tell him or them or her, whoever the person is at the time. So you talk to me about how you get what you want. Now I want to know if you had to describe how you show up in bed, what words would you use to describe yourself? Mm-hmm. Two words. Drill sergeant. Lip, 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 right, lip. Come on, boys. Drop and give me 20. 30, 40, 50, come on, stronger, hello, you got it, one more. I like to give a lot of direction. I, uh, I, I, I'm I, a leader in the space. I'm a leader in the space, absolutely. But I only, I lead because I have a lot of preferences. But I, ideally, I would like to take a step back and be led as well. Because I have to, I, you know, in my non-sex life, and my 
normal day to day. I'm answering a lot of questions. I'm solving a lot of problems. And sometimes, sometimes the drill sergeant wants to be drilled themselves. But I find out of, uh, you know, to be successful, you know, especially in the beginning, you, you want to lead people. And uh, yeah, so I think the men that I've been with intimately, they are good students. But to be a great teacher, you need a great teacher. I feel like I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty good teacher. I try to be as patient as possible. And I try to be very loving. I'm very, very loving as well. If we were going on a hunt, I would say you lead. I'm following you. <laughs> because that is who I am in the bed. Mm. I'm like, outside of work, I'm like, I don't really want to lead anything. I would like for you to make decisions. And so I, I'm i like, I'm down to follow. Uh, I used to be called a, a pillow princess. Mm. I uh, would just receive and not give. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it was very beautiful and very lovely, and I didn't want to do any work. <laughs> I wanted to look cute and then go to sleep. I understand. Uh, but generally, I'm very sensual. Like, I'm super sensual. So in that, I uh, I would call myself a flower. Okay. Touch it right. She opens up, blossoms beautifully. It's lovely. I asked my recent uh, partner how they would describe me, and they said they would describe me as a deer. (laughs) You know how a deer, when it gets caught in the headlights, it turns its neck and look at you with big eyes? They're like, what? Oh, okay, we running, let's go. Okay, we eating, let's go. That's me. Yeah, I'm like, huh? (laughs) What? Okay, all right, let's get into it. So that's how I show up. But I'm trying. I find that I have, like, these two personalities, right? Like, on one hand, I am very sensual, and I really like to be touched and caressed, and that is love for me, the way that someone touches me. That communication is so strong. I feel it. And then on the other hand, I'm like, uh Wanting to be more of a leader, like wanting to say what I want someone to do, trying to use my words and get over the embarrassment of knowing what I like. So when you're not having sex, rather, when you went on that one and a half years without having sex, sex goddess, how are you getting off? Well, you know, the most wonderful thing one can do for oneself is make love to oneself. And uh, during the time of my one-and-a-half-year jail sentence, the one-and-a-half years where I was not able to flaunt and exude my sexual goddessness, I was making love to myself quite a lot. Quite a lot. One one time a day. (laughs) Seven days a week. (laughs) Listen! Listen, it helps me sleep. It lowers my stress. It helps with my skin. Okay, these are all scientifically proven benefactors of sex. And sex with myself was all that I had because I wasn't checking for none of these motherfuckers. So that's what we had to do. Okay, all right, you would light a little candle, put on some Daniel Caesar. Oh, my word. Okay. I like to take off my clothes like I'm Tweet in the Oops video. I go, oh, sir, 
Oh my god. My t-shirt. Oh. Yeah, because if you're going to touch yourself, you you have oh. to you have to you have to create a romantic you have to create a romantic scenario to play out. You sound like the beginning of the porns that I hate. Yeah, the ones where they're like lotioning themselves. <laughs> That's me. It's terrible. It's not even believable. <laughs> it's happening. Okay? No. <laughs> if you're going to make love to yourself, set yourself up for a romantic I evening. I skip to the good part. No. <laughs> I'm skipping ahead. The good part is the romance. The- no, the good part is... <laughs> the-, <laughs> the good part is... I literally will watch the beginning of pornos for the dialogue multiple times. Mm. Yes. I... Turn that shit on mute. I skip ahead. I click through to the parts where it's most intriguing, which is primarily when head is being given and receiveth. No, they go, I've missed you for so long. I know, darling, I've missed you as well. And then they kiss. Oh, and then they kiss again. I go, oh, look uh, at all the kissing and the laugh. I'm literally rolling my eyeballs to the back of my head and forward again. I'm sleep already. Snoring. I am not ashamed. You shouldn't be. We just wouldn't be having sex. For any of you fellow romancers out there, I get you. You light those candles, baby. You set yourself up. You tell yourself you're the prettiest girl in the mirror. You take your clothes off one by one. And if you like it ghetto style, you like somebody (laughs) to pull your panties to the side. Okay? That is also fine. Skip ahead to the hot parts. Hello? No judgment here. (laughs) All are welcome. <laughs> so, since you have so many goddamn opinions about me, please do tell when you were having your any stints of time, when you're not having a sexual partner, penetrative or not, how is Jenna getting to know Jenna? I am, first of all, I've been trying to break this, but I normally watch porn that is between two women. Okay. Find it's generally just better. Mm. And there's just more pleasure. It's more sensual. And it's more of the, the part of sex that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. One through three. Right. I fucks with it. Uh, so for me, yeah, I'm definitely not touching myself every day. I can be like one or two times a week and I'm chilling. Okay. Uh, I don't have any toys at the crib. Uh, I think it's hella funny, though, because a lot of these men's out here... I think they tend to think that I have some kind of experience that I don't have. Mm. They think that I can be a dominatrix. They think that I can like really run them and know. And I'm like, I don't know anything. I don't know how to. I don't know what to do. I don't know how. You're gonna have to tell me. I'm gonna have to watch some videos, and then I might be able to do it. Mm. So for me, I yeah, I can touch myself one or two times a week. I'm good with that. No romance. No candles. None of that. Pull it up on my iPad in the private section, <laughs> even though nobody else uses my iPad, but just in case. Uh, and there you have it. I think the worst part about watching porn is when um, you're done and you you close your you close the you close it, and then you can see your reflection in the in the iPad. <laughs> and you'd be like, "You disgust me." <laughs> Or rather, when you close it and then you open it the next day for work or in a meeting, and that shit is still up, and you're trying to close it quick. Close it real quick. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it all the way down. Two women. Okay, great. Tell us, darling, what is the future of your sex life? What does it look like? Uh, The future of my sex life. 
Uh, I'd like to be making love to someone who I'm actually in love with. That would be nice. I'd like to only be having sex with someone I'm in love with. That would be preferred. And, um, yeah, I think the future of my sex life is just, yeah, finding a monogamous partner who's really into me, you know, someone who thinks I'm really beautiful and wonderful. And, yeah, we just have a lot of fun intimately together. Um, yeah, I'm really into passion. I'm really into romance. Yeah, that just that makes me really warm inside to think about. I don't know what this shit makes me think about every time we talk about romance, but I'm literally ill. Like, I'm ill. Woo, wow. Woo. I'm trying to think of, like, like, like the fucking, the notebook romance. Passion. Kissing in the rain. I'm sleep. Yeah, that's awesome. Nah. For me, <laughs> the future of my sex life. Well, let's run it back. Let's start with some backstory. I remember when I was in high school and... I hung out with my first queer woman. She was also in high school with me. Um, And we decided to go to Pride, San Francisco Pride. It was my first time. I had not even heard of it. Um, But I went and I had a great time. And I took pictures on uh, the camera that I had access to. And then I uploaded my pictures to the family computer. Mm. Every time I would go back to look at the gallery, the photos would be deleted from the computer. Miraculously just gone. Okay. I uploaded the photos to my Facebook, and my grandma was commenting Bible verses on the photos. Mm. Uh, so they were not here for it at all. They've gotten much uh, better about it. As they, as we always want them to. You know? Yep. Uh, so for me, the future of my sex life, I truly don't know what it looks like, honestly. Okay. Uh, for me, like, what's most important for me? I'm like, if, if I'm having sex, I'm trying to have a baby. Like, for me, especially unprotected sex, you have sex to have children. That's why you have sex. You don't have sex, like, penetrative sex just for the, the fun of it. Like... I I really take sharing my body with someone very, very seriously. I'm not trying to be out here having sex with hella people. I generally do agree with, like, polyamory and open relationship standards. Uh, I don't know what my relationship is going to look like with either sex. Um, I am open. Um, I'm open. I feel like I come off more uh, femme presenting. So more men try and talk to me than women. And that's okay. Um, But I I just, I I truly don't know. I I need a male around so that I can have a child. Well, you need sperm. I need sperm. But like, you know, my mom's like, ah, Jenna, come on. We ain't going to stop messing around and just find a husband. Mm. And I'm like, or just find a man and have a baby. Can I do that? So only time will tell. But I think for me, if nothing else, it's just like getting over my own embarrassment. Right. Um, Actually, just acknowledging the fact that I'm good at this ish. Like, I'm good. I can do it. I I'm I can hold it down for the people. And like, it's okay to be sexy. A few months ago, you told me 2020 is a year of sexy. And I'm like, yeah, like. I'm I am going to get more into myself, like get more into leading the charge and being open about my fluidity. 
I remember writing notes for this episode and I like said out loud, like, fluidity is okay. And I was like, oh, is it? And I was like, fluidity is okay. And every time I say it, fluidity is okay, I become more confident in that. It's okay. And I say that for women who are fluid and I also say that for men who are fluid. It's okay. You like what you like. I'm trying to create a space where people are open for others to just like what they like. You ain't got to like my shit. Like your shit. I'm going to like my shit. That's fine. It's cool. Mm -hmm. So if nothing else, that's the future of my sex life. I think maybe that's the biggest takeaway. I mean, we clearly arrive, present ourselves, think about sex really differently, and we still were able to have this conversation, and we learned so much from each other and about each other. And ideally... Like, that's what you want to be doing in these interactions. You want to be able, you should be able to confidently say what you like intimately. You should be able to actively listen to someone else when they tell you what they like. And if you're interested in each other, you should be able to find a common ground. But you're definitely not going to, you can't get what you want if you don't ask for it. And you can't get what you want if you don't know what you want to ask for. You just heard us talk about the sex. We've spilled all of the tea. I swear all of these podcast episodes become more and more personal. We've been talking about dating. We've been talking about our coins. Now we're talking about our sex lives. I just want you all to know that we have these kinds of conversations just to inspire you and encourage you to be just as honest and just as vulnerable in your day-to-day and to talk to your friends in the way that we talk to our friends which is, it takes a lot of courage, absolutely. But once you're honest, once you're open, uh, the places that you will go are truly limitless. From this episode, um, we love when you guys share the things that you think are funny, the moments that inspired you, um, the moments that encouraged you, the nudges for growth. So if you have those moments, you can absolutely DM us. You can absolutely send us text messages or write us an email to it's a look with us at gmail.com. Further, we have a couple of actions items that we'd love for you to take. The first of them is go to yoursexzodiac.com and look up your sign. Find out more about your sex zodiac. I would arguably say that this site is going to read you so well and give you some things to ponder upon. Lastly, some friends of mine recommended it to me, so I'll pass the recommendation on to you. Watch Explained on Netflix. There is specifically a segment called The Female Orgasm. It's 22 minutes long. It's not very long. Um, But for men and for women, find out more about your orgasm. And let's start to dispel the taboo around uh, women climaxing. And then lastly, Frida, kick it to them. Last call to action. What do they need to do? So... Lastly, the next thing you need to do after listening to this episode is coming to see our live podcasting show. We're recording live at Pandora's headquarters for the first ever It's a Look live podcast recording. It'll be a live Ask Me Anything where Jenna and I will be sitting in the hot seat and we'll be answering anyone's questions. <laughs> you want to talk about sex? Let's talk about it. You want to talk about dating? Let's talk about it. You want to talk about working with a friend? Let's talk about it. You want to talk about It's a Look and how we've grown the business in the last three years? Let's talk about it. The event will be Friday, November 15th, again at the Pandora headquarters in Oakland, California. 
and the doors will be opening at 7 o'clock. So cop your tickets and come see the first ever It's a Look live recording. You won't want to miss it. Pull up with a look. That's all I have to say. See you there. F and J. <laughs> we about to be recording more episodes, motherfucker. Let's go. <laughs> 705. Shit. Power through that. Ow. That was a 45-minute podcast episode.